our worship service. And uh, this morning, uh, it fell uh, my lot to teach Sunday school. And uh, due to a few circumstances, conversations I had earlier this week, I was reminded of something the Lord gave me. Uh, and I, I think I've preached it at some point. But I thought it'd be a great lesson to teach, even if you've heard it before. I think it's like a lot of things. A good song is worth singing more than once. In fact, a good song is worth singing a lot, right? And this, no doubt, is a is a significant uh, part of our faith, as it was for the Jews. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. And it is in that vein of our absolute faith in the singularity of God that this lesson uh, is uh, motivated from. I had a conversation with someone, and they believe that Jesus is essentially the way that, the way if you are to take what they say about Jesus, they believe that Jesus, Jesus is not God. But rather, Jesus is uh, subservient and uh, in, in, in less than uh, to, to the Father or to the God that is a spirit. And so this morning, I want to take an affirmative approach to what Jesus is. Some would say Jesus is not the Father. And what I would say, Jesus is the Son of God, and Jesus is more than the Son of God. Uh, very close to 100% of all errors in doctrine concerning the Godhead revolve around the premise that Jesus is not something. But today I want to say that Jesus is more. Jesus is the Son of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the great high priest. Jesus is the Lamb of God. To say that Jesus is simply one of these is missing the glorious truth. Jesus is God and God is Jesus. The glorious truth of the incarnation is that everything God was, was manifested in the fleshly man, Jesus Christ. His character, his person, his name, his love. Jesus was the visible, fleshly, touchable, birthable, and dieable God that could be known and seen and touched. Uh, the, in, the eternal Godhead was incarnated in human flesh. Uh, Brother B.J., if you'll read for me 1 John 4, verse 1 through the end of the 3. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. 
and this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Uh, this is First John that he just read from. And it's important to recognize there have always been perversions of truth that have a little truth in it, but there's error, and the error makes a, the truth not true. And so there were some, some in the days of, of John uh, in writing this epistle, uh, they, they, they believed what has been labeled a Gnosticism. And in Gnosticism, they taught that Jesus was not flesh, but Jesus was simply a spiritual being and did not have flesh. And so uh, uh, John is not just saying that this is a misunderstanding. He is saying that the spirit that motivated this misunderstanding of God was a was a was a was the spirit of Antichrist to cause people to be confused on who Jesus is. And it is fundamental to the Christian faith to understand that Jesus was manifested in the flesh. Specifically, God was manifested in the flesh. So from the beginning of creation, these controversies concerning Jesus Every one of them errs in limiting who Jesus is by saying what Jesus is not. They were saying, what John is dealing with here, is they were saying that Jesus was not flesh. But we know that Jesus as a man was in fact born of a woman. He was a man born of a woman. And so that is a significant, glorious truth that, that, that God has been touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he was made in the form of humanity, that he may know our struggles, he may know our, the experience of being, all the things it does to be human. Read Romans 8, 1 through 3. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh." Jesus is the Son of God. Somebody said amen. But Jesus is not just the Son of God. Jesus is more. Matthew 16 and 15. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? This is Jesus speaking. If you were looking in your Bible, it's probably red letter. Jesus is saying, go ahead. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus was the Christ, Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus was the Anointed One, Jesus was the Son of the Living God. So he wasn't just the Son of the Living God, but Jesus was the Messiah, he was the Christ. John chapter 4 verse 42. And said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, 
For we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the world. 1 Timothy 4 and 10. We trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. So the Savior of all men is the living God. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus is the Savior. He is the living God. Revelations 1 and 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. This is Jesus speaking. Listen to what Jesus says of himself. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. So here we read in Revelations that Jesus is the first and the last who liveth, was dead, and is alive for more, evermore. So in reference to the explanation concerning Jesus and his de- de- deity, don't make the mistake of stating that Jesus is not something that the scripture plainly states that he is. First Timothy 2 and 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So, so he's telling uh, 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 Timothy, uh, God wants everyone to come into the knowledge of the truth. He's going to tell us what the knowledge of the truth is in verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our mediator. And so the question is, is Jesus God? I'm going to give you a hint. He is God. Is Jesus our Savior? Is Jesus the mediator? Is Jesus the Son of God? Is Jesus the Messiah? Is Jesus the Christ? Is Jesus the first? Is Jesus the last? Is he the mediator? Is Jesus the Alpha and Omega? Revelations 1 and 8 says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Jesus says of himself, how many believe Jesus is telling the truth? Jesus isn't lying. Jesus says of himself, that he is the Almighty. He isn't the some mighty. He's not a third mighty. He is the Almighty. So it's important for us to understand that when we, when we reference Jesus in our faith, we are not just referencing a part of God, but Jesus is the visible of the Almighty God. So how much more is Jesus? If Jesus is more, how much more is Jesus? Read Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person. So I want you to notice, this is what the scripture is saying of Jesus. Uh, he, he is the son. 
He is the heir of all things, and he is the one by whom the world was made. Go ahead. Who, 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 he's the brightness of the glory of God. He is the express image of his person. What does that mean? What do you think that means, Brother B.J.? It says he's the express image of, his, of the person of God. I believe if, if you want to know what God looks like, look like Jesus. Because um, previous to that, no man had seen God. Right. I heard someone say if God was going to take a selfie, the selfie of God is Jesus. If God looked in the mirror... What would be looking back at him would be Jesus. Jesus is the express, visible, seeable, touchable image of the unseeable God, of the untouchable God. God fills time and space. God, uh, God isn't in the universe. The universe is in God. He is a God so big they cannot measure the universe. They cannot see the, the furthest stars in all directions. And we cannot see just how big God is. But God manifested himself in the flesh made of a woman. He came and began his revelation as a baby. And that revelation grew from a toddler to a little baby boy to a boy to... to uh, at 12 years old, he's sitting in the temple. And he, as a little boy, is confounding the wisest men in Israel. Who is this child? Well, he's more than you can imagine. He's more than just the son of Mary. He's just more than the son of a carpenter. He was the son of the Almighty God. Go ahead, go ahead, start with an express image. In the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. So the word of Jesus is, is that which holds all things together. Go ahead. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Go ahead. Being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Scripture says of Jesus that he is the exact or express, specific, unique, only image of God. He's the only thing you can see and proclaim, I have seen God. If God looked in the mirror, what would he see? Jesus. In reference to the explanation concerning Jesus and his deity, don't make the mistake to say what Jesus is not. Listen to Paul writing to the church of Colossians in chapter 2 and verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now let's just think about that for a minute. Godhead is only mentioned a few times in all of Scripture. And when it is mentioned, here is one of those specific places where it says, it says that in Jesus, go ahead and read that all again. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Go ahead. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Jesus. You can go ahead and read that. That's not this. What he's about to say is not the scripture, but it's a conclusion of what the scripture just said. So Jesus, though he was a man, God invested the power, authority, and his very person into the man. That's right. 
You know, it, it is a mystery. You know, the Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to comprehend, but it's important for us to believe the simple declarations of what Scripture says. And the Scripture says that God was manifested in the flesh. That's the simplicity of it all. Was You know, there's all kinds of things that are inferred and can be inferred. And it can be confusing and complex, complex, and there have been all kinds of incredible uh, controversies throughout, if you will, quote-unquote church history that it blows your mind how they would argue about the, na- the nature of God. Uh, I can't, re- I, I, didn't, I didn't write it down, but uh, there, there, I was reading something about church history, and there was a group. Uh, amongst the Orthodox that split off from the Orthodox. And it all, it all kind of a, was a controversy about the nature of Jesus' flesh. And it's just, it's all kind of philosophical uh, ponderings. And, and they made it so complicated they couldn't agree with each other. But if we can agree what the Scripture says, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. The Scripture, in its simplicity, must be the, when it comes to doctrine, it must be the last word that we believe. It doesn't matter if somebody has a double doctorate or 55 degrees in theology or if they've seen an angel or if they've, they've died and went to heaven. What does the Bible say? That is what we declare and that's what we teach. We do not, we will not teach as doctrine anything that's not expressly and explicitly written in Scripture. Yes. So listen to Paul to the Corinthians, Second Corinthians 5 and 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That's right. Luke 5 and 18. And behold, men brought in a bed a man, which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, What is this uh, that speaketh blasphemies? Sorry, who is this that speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So when Jesus here in this setting, he knew, he knew a fact. Only God can forgive sins. And he stated to this man with great physical problems, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they said, who does he think he is? God? <laughs> yes, that's exactly who he knew he was. He was God in the flesh. It was, it was a blasphemy to the Jews that man would claim to be God. But the simple truth was beyond their faith. It's not that, that, that man was God, but that God had become a man. John fourteen six. Jesus said unto him, I am the way the truth and the life 
No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Now I want you to catch this. Before Philip shows his confusion, Jesus makes the statement that his, we know the Father of Jesus is, is God, right? The Father of Jesus is the unseeable spirit. The Father of Jesus is Jehovah that communed with Abraham, right? And Jesus is telling them that, that if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Henceforth, you know him and have seen him. He is saying, if you've seen me, if you've known me, you have known God. Go ahead, keep reading. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So this is probably one of our favorite scriptures when we're trying to explain what we believe about Jesus, is that Jesus spoke very plainly, and it's recorded for us here in the Gospel of John. When the disciples were walking with Jesus... And they wanted to know more about God, the Father of Jesus. Jesus said, if you have seen me, if you have known me, you have known my Father. Because I am the Father. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. That seems pretty simple, doesn't it? L listen to the prophetic words of Isaiah. Uh, chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Now, now who are they talking about here? They're talking about Jesus here. So, so they, this, this prophetic utterance speaks of this miraculous birthing of the Messiah, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Go ahead, keep reading. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Wow. So Jesus, though he was born as a baby, in that baby, in, that, in the, the, the animating spirit, the person of that baby who would become a man, who would do miracles and teach and turn water into wine and heal the woman with the issue of blood, who would hang on a cross and die and be buried and be resurrected, Jesus would be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Not a part of God, not, 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 not another person in God, but that child would be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And I think that's, that is a key distinction that, that I am so thankful for is when we talk about the Godhead, we're not going back to church councils. We're not going to, to our, our, our denominational handbook on how what we believe about the Godhead. We simply believe what the Scripture states. 
and no doubt that the, the idea of how understanding the Godhead, it's beyond our ability to fully comprehend. But the Lord has given us simple declarations for us to believe and understand that Jesus is the Son of God. And at the same time, Jesus is the everlasting Father. How? Because the Word of God says. I believe the Word of God. That's what Paul talks about. It's, it's the mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Right. He's summation. That's the mystery. I mean, people have written, I mean, there's probably millions of books written about the nature of God. But that one scripture gives us in simplicity that God, God was manifested in the, in six words. It, it gives us a very simple way to understand who is Jesus. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. He's Emmanuel, which being God interpreted with us. <laughs> Somebody say praise the Lord. Mm. That is so good. Amen. I'm not sure where we I, I got John 1. Oh, it's next page. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and read. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then go down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So I love this, this statement I, I wrote, and I, it, it's kind of a summation of what we're reading. Words are powerful. Because this utterance, that's what a word is. A word is a sound. And it is a sound that has meaning. Ocean. That's a, a five-letter word, ocean. But how many of you see it? Can you see the ocean? Can you hear it? In your mind. You, you, see every, you know what it looks like. You can see the sun. You can see the birds. That one word, if you hear that word, that word brings all things, powerful things, to mind. If you hear the word space or blood, if you hear the name George Washington, it's a name that means many things. If you have any knowledge of early American history, he was a general an honest person he cut down a cherry tree freedom in the same way Jesus Christ this name is the most significant of all names Jesus was the son of Mary Jesus was a Hebrew teacher Jesus was a rabbi Jesus was a prophet Jesus did miracles Jesus taught parables. Jesus healed the blind. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus forgave sins. Jesus cast out devils. 
Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was buried in a tomb. Jesus was resurrected on the third day. Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus sent the promise of the Holy Spirit. Every statement is true, but we will not err in saying that Jesus just did one of these things. Jesus did all of that and so much more. So when I say Jesus, I am speaking a word. I am speaking a name. And that name and that word represents the working power, truth, healing, and forgiveness of Almighty God. Philippians 2 and 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. Say that with me. Jesus Christ is Lord. How many lords are there? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So when the Bible in the New Testament says that Jesus Christ is Lord, it's given us a clue. The one Lord of Deuteronomy 6 and 4 is Jesus Christ in Philippians 2 and 11. It is a single and, and powerful understanding. What we read in Genesis 1 and John 1 is manifested, embodied in the man Christ Jesus. Why don't you read that first uh, litany there that I've got there. Jesus is a word. Jesus is a word. Jesus is a name. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the name. When you speak that name, when you believe in that name, when you pray in that name, when you are baptized in that name, when you call on that name. The name Jesus, the singularity of, his, of its meaning. Jesus is God. God is Jesus. Jesus is not a part of God. Jesus is our introduction to God. Jesus is the greatest revelation of God. Jesus demonstrates the character of God. Jesus demonstrates the nature of God. Jesus demonstrates the power of God. Jesus, he is the only way to the Father. He is the only truth. He is the only light. And the only way to God is through Jesus. If you reject Jesus, you are in fact rejecting God. The God of the New Testament declared. Isaiah 45 and 21. There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. The God of the Old Testament declared, there's only one God. There's no Savior beside me. I am the Savior. I am the God. Hosea 13 and 4. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. Titus 2 and 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Jesus said in John 5, 43, I am come in my Father's name. 
the, what's his father's name? Jesus. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So in Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The name disciples understood the name of the Father the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Ghost is that one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved Jesus is the only name amen Jesus is more we embrace him we worship him our one Lord our one faith our one baptism our one God our one Father when I say Jesus, when you say Jesus, we believe in Jesus. We are baptized in his name. And we are embracing all that God has manifested and declared and given to us to know, to see, hear, and experience Jesus. Amen. Is Jesus the Son of God? Is Jesus the Savior of the world? Is Jesus the way? Is Jesus the truth? Is Jesus the healer? Is Jesus the provider? Is Jesus the comforter? Amen. Jesus is everything we think we know about God. It gives us a picture in who Jesus is. He is the creator God. He is the one that has, has shed his blood that our souls might be saved. Amen. It's simple. It's simple. Great. It's simple. And the only reason why this is a controversy and it is confusing is because people have been confused with tradition, with the doctrines of men, with people that think they're smarter than everybody else, with people that others think they're smarter than everybody else. But there's only one smart authority, one authority that must be trusted above all other authorities. It's the Word of God. Somebody said amen. So if you ever have someone say to you, Jesus is not this. In reference to God, Jesus is that and so much more. Amen? Brother BJ, you want to dismiss us? Jesus, we thank you today for your word and the revelation. Lord, that you've given us, that you are God, you are the all-powerful God. You said that all power in heaven and earth is given unto you. Lord, we accept you as the full embodiment of everything that is God. The uh, incarnation, uh, the, the word that was made flesh that dwelt among men. God, we thank you today for this revelation and truth. We pray today that it would be in our hearts and in our minds. and Help us, Lord Jesus, to fully explain and to share this truth with others in Jesus' name.